That's a new word for me. I'm gonna. I want to use it. Yeah. Don't be maligning me. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. We barely give strangers special treatment. If anything, there's hostility there. God champions the underdog. Okay. He especially cares about those who are struggling, whether it's whether it's due to poverty, oppression, or you know just life's difficulties in your season of waiting continue to seek god lamentations 325 says the lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him because what does it say about you if you didn't care if you know someone was getting beaten up a poor and jesus through his death has allowed all of us to once again be one i think that's amazing what was your favorite subject in school art Really? Yes. Actually, makes sense. You're a bit of a of a artsy type girl. I'm an artiste. Mm-hmm. I lost all of that because I never sharpened my skills, unfortunately. Well, you need to get back on it. I know. Um, <laughs> one of my, art wasn't one of mine, but another one that was never my favorite was history because I was just like, I don't understand. I don't need to know what Napoleon did. Is did you even... find out what Napoleon did? I didn't no, even I get to Napoleon's know. bits. Yeah, I, don't, I no. just, I just history said... was low key dry. Isn't yeah, it? let's be real. The history here ain't history that yeah, we want to like, know. I don't need to know this. Mm. Um, but there's actually a reason why it's important to study history. Loads of different uh, reasons. One of them is hindsight. Sometimes it's easier for you to um, think oh, this is what we should do or et cetera. But like hindsight is a beautiful thing because you get to see kind of history, how things were done and what could have been done differently to prevent maybe war or disease or whatever. Um, But also it teaches us um, how we got to where we are now. Uh, But I think... The fav- my f- most favorite history that I've just recently learned about is reading about the Bible, especially when I'm able to connect s- certain things or certain tribes. I'm like, oh, so that's the reason why this is happening. And in today's lesson, I'm kind of going to touch on it just a little bit. Uh, but before we go straight in, um, I'm just going to ask Ira to open up with a word of prayer. I mean, Valentine's Day is coming up, isn't it? No, it's not. We're and not- I know you're feeling love is in the air right now michelle i've got a mask on (laughs) but i'm gonna just pray um and i just want to thank god for his love for each one of us and i pray that he gives all of us the strength to be able to share his love with others especially those who haven't encountered him yet or haven't gotten to know him yet so i thank god for his love amen i love that now, you see, I told you you're feeling the love. Yeah, but that's, I always feel God's love. That's different, you know. I don't think that's what Valentine's is celebrating, <laughs> me being a hater. But anyway, let's go, let's go straight into Sunday's lesson, which is entitled Majestic Warrior. Ooh, now, I love that's a bit that. of me. Majestic, isn't it? Majestic. Not just a warrior, majestic. Majestic. Yes. It focuses on Psalms 18, verse 3, which says, I call to the Lord and he saves me from my enemies. Or Psalm 76, verse 3 to 9, which describes God as the victor. Now, what I read from this is that God is ready to deliver his people. Fact. And when I was reading this, I kept seeing like his people or Israelites. And as we've mentioned before, God's chosen people, um, especially once Jesus came and died for all, we became God's chosen people. We we shared in that inheritance to be called, you know, his children. And so when I'm saying his people, I'm actually talking about us. Okay. We're included yep. in this, okay? Um, in Jesus' and name. In Jesus' name, exactly. <laughs> and like I said, I've been reading Genesis in my, because I'm doing, I'm trying to read the Bible in a year, and okay. we're currently in Genesis. 
And I was so shocked. I don't know why I was shocked. I'm always shocked when I read the Bible, especially when I proper study it. Yeah. That like the Moabites and the Ammonites came from Lot and his daughters and they used to fight the Israelites who came from Abraham. Like you guys are fighting each other. You're all related. You're all related. What's going on? Side eye. Um, and it's actually such a shame because a lot of these um, things came from, they were a byproduct of sin basically. Mm. Um, but what I love is that salvation, Jesus through his death has allowed all of us to once again be one. I think that's amazing. As I said, obviously sin separated us, but we're back together. Um, and because we're all back together as one, God is ready to deliver us. Um, one of the Bible things that I said, Bible things, Bible verses that I said last week was Isaiah 60 verse 22, when it says, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Now, the key to deliverance is waiting. I think we mentioned this last week. Um, that you have to wait on the Lord and he will deliver. When when the time is right, he will do it. You don't have to force him. And I actually really hate waiting. I I hate waiting for food. I hate waiting to put fuel in my car. I especially hate waiting for payday. I don't like waiting. Oh, yeah. I'm you know in me? that, yeah. Oh, because I, like sometimes it feels like when you're waiting, nothing is happening or nothing, you know, nothing's getting done. And at times, especially as Christians, when we are in a season where we're supposed to be waiting for the Lord, it becomes such a challenge that we feel the need to take things in our own hands. One example, which, of course, is fresh in my mind because I've just been studying about it, is when Sarah gave Abraham Hagar um, to bore him a child because she was like, I know I've been promised a son, but it's not coming. What's going on? Just he, here's my maid. And um, as we know, it it ended up in a devastating situation. situation yeah. And that's what happens when we try to take control. We try to play God. It never, it doesn't never, work out, does uh, it, it doesn't, it never ends well for us. So in our season of waiting, I thought, what should we do then? Because, you know, you know, you're antsy and, you know, I'm here to give you a few pointers that you can lean on. The first one, in your season of waiting, continue to seek God. Lamentations 3.25 says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks, seeks him. Okay. So you're not just waiting. Even in your wait, you're still talking to him. You're still seeking him. You're asking for his guidance. That's so important. Secondly, stand firm on what God has promised because it will come to pass. Psalms 130 verse 5 says, I will wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. You know, night watchmen, they wait for the morning because they know it's coming. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how long the shift is. You know, daybreak is coming. You know, the sun is coming. They're assured that the sun is going to come up. They never think, ah, oh, maybe it's not going to happen. And that's how you need to wait on the Lord as well. Because just know he's answering. He's going to answer your request. He's going to answer your prayer. Uh, I don't know how it's packaged. The packaging might look different to what you expect. Mm. But the, the assured thing is that he's going to answer whatever you've asked him. And then finally, we said this last week, I think I said, be still, or if you're waiting for God's will, you have to be still. Cheese! That's it. I remember it. But be still. Don't try to take things in your own hands. Let God be your majestic warrior. Let him fight for you. In hey. fact, Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. So finally, remember, I think I mentioned this last week, remember how he has brought you through 
your trials before. He's never let you down. He's not going to start now. So it's important for us to remember to testify. And even in our period of remembrance or when we're waiting for something to happen, be thankful and praise him and glorify him. In fact, one of my favorite verses, uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious of anything, but in every situation through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. Thank him even as you are asking for, you know, whatever request you have, because you know that he is going to see it through. Ish, oof. Mm. <laughs> Can I just say, Michelle said that off the dome. Girl. That was straight up memory. It's okay. it's because I'm trying to remember. I told you, I'm trying to remember a lot of memory verses. Highly so impressive. When it's time, I'm like, look. Extremely impressive, honestly. <laughs> I was like, because you know, I can memorize a sentence. But you, that was a whole paragraph. It just kept coming. So I'm like, because I'm, I'm trying to remember it for myself. Mm, girl, I love it's that. It's important. No, no, no. It's really working. So I, I was blown away. Um, but looking at Monday, justice for the oppressed. I'm going to read a few of the Psalms again. You know, mm -hmm. OG, we're still reading Psalms, guys. We're still here. Um, <laughs> Surprise. <yeah. laughs> Psalm 9, verse 18. But God will never forget the needy. Mm. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. That's fantastic. Because right now I'm in need. <laughs> Psalm 12, verse 5. Um, because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says mm. the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. Hmm. Malign, malign, you know? What does that mean? Yeah, basically someone who does them dirty. Oh, wow. That's a new word for me. I'm going to, I want to use it. Yeah, don't be maligning me. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds right. Yeah. Um, Psalm 40, verse 17. But as for me... I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are mm. my God. Do not delay. Oh, mm. I feel that one in my chest. That one <laughs> I mm. need. Psalm 113 verse 7 says, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. All right. So there's a load of needy people out there. Mm -hmm. And obviously we just said this is called justice for the oppressed. But immediately you're going to read that God exhibits special care and concern for justice regarding the various vulnerable groups of people. And that could include poor people, needy people, oppressed, fatherless, widows, widowers and strangers. Um, and first of all, isn't that so beautiful? I think it's amazing. Because, man, the amount of people in that in those groups that, that we category. must mm. come across each and every single day i know for a fact there's poor and needy people that i come across you know i just have to look at the mirror i'm joking <laughs> but but you you're see, campaigning for for this special treatment from I, god i know man. i'm you're sorry campaigning from i'm me. asking i know he's not going to delay anyway but um, amen <laughs> but we read here that god gives them special treatment and and we don't tend to do that for mm. others you know we barely give strangers special treatment if anything there's hostility there um i feel like in british culture you know you're kind of traveling in tfl and like everyone's kind of like shoving and like oh, trust you know me. serious people i know pushing oh. my days i saw this woman the other day like nudge me with her bag i guess she was in a rush but you know you turn around like ah, excuse me um <laughs> But it's it's amazing to hear that God gives these kinds of people even like special care, TLC. Mm -hmm. um, and here's just a, the modern kind of way I've taken those scriptures as well, because I think some of them, obviously Psalms was written in a day and age when 
we we weren't around. It was a couple <laughs> hundred years ago. So mm. for that reason, there's some things that aren't in the same context. So um, here are my key takeaway points. Yeah, number one, your key tees, my key tees. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, God champions the underdog. Okay. He especially cares about those who are struggling, whether it's whether it's due to poverty, oppression, or you know just life's difficulties. Um, this isn't just in the Bible, but it's a core value across, I'd say, all different cultures and and religions. Would mm. you not say? Um, number two, poor and needy. Okay, and I, I want to say quote unquote poor and needy isn't just about money. Yep. Um, it means anyone who's vulnerable and alone. Um, relying solely on God, poor and needy could just be you're you're isolated and you have nobody else. You mm. may be rich, but you're you're poor and and friends. Mm. Um, poor and needy could be you know you're you're lacking in purpose and therefore you're walking around aimlessly. Mm. So I know it's easy to say poor and needy. You just think money, but it's it's way broader than that. Um, and it's about acknowledging our limitations and seeking God's help. That's it. Um, number three, taking care of those in need shows how much we love God. Mm. It's like thanking him for all he does for us. Exploiting the vulnerable, on the other hand, is a big deal in God's eyes. And I want to give a shout out to hmm, sound engineer over there, Alex, because he is so good at giving to the needy. Mm. Like, you know, anytime he sees a homeless man, I already know, right, okay, this brother we're going to be stopping to to give this this man some whatever you know like mm. he's so good at that and i think it's as it's you know as that point it's a demonstration of your love for god yeah. um and and how much you love god when you're able to take care of others mm. um number 4 don't trust people too much okay look to god first and foremost 100% um i think they're obviously at the start of the year we had the iron um like the iron s event the women's event vision board workshop mm -hmm. and there was a quote there that was said which is kind of like sometimes when you're going through it don't immediately share it with your friends because you just don't know where it ends up and it's not to say you know your friends are <laughs> shady or what but it's just more keep it between you and god at times you know it's necessary to do that and humans can just easily fall you know uh, your sister might love you but maybe sometimes she'll slip and be like oh i wasn't supposed to say that yeah um but god never will we can guarantee when you lift something up to god it's tight it's secure it's safe in a lock mm. um number five jesus is the ultimate poor and needy savior he became human himself to understand our struggles and offer us real freedom from all kinds of oppression even death and i have to say Hallelujah, amen to that. Honestly. Um, and and the last um, takeaway for me or my last key T is remember God will always stand up for the oppressed. He sees every injustice and will hold people accountable, but he also rewards those who care for the vulnerable. So in short, God loves everyone, especially those who are struggling. He wants us to care for them too. And he promises to reward us for our kindness. And through Jesus, he offers us even greater hope and freedom. Mm, I like that, that he holds us accountable um, for the help that we give to the needy as well. I love that. Yeah. And I, um, you know, what, actually, I just remembered this sentence that I heard where it's like, you know what, if you're giving something away to help someone else and it maybe puts you out. 
don't think of it as you being put out, but think about it that kind of God owes you one, you know? Because as it says here, God will always reward us for our kindness. Oh, do you know how nice it is to even think to even think like that? Like, God owes me. Wow. <laughs> it's a bit wild. It is a little bit wild, but I, I, I'm taking it on. I like it. <laughs> Tuesday's lesson is entitled, How Long Will You Judge Unjustly? And basically what's happening here is we learned that law, uh, God has endowed Israel's leaders, so the chosen people that I spoke about, the leaders, with authority to maintain justice um, and they were to exercise that authority in accordance with God's will. Now in Psalms 82, especially 1 to 8, um, where our title comes from, especially I'm going to read verse 2 actually, it says, How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Now you've just spoken to us about um you know helping out the needy whereas in here we're actually seeing that these leaders who are supposed to be doing that exactly what we've been speaking about are doing the opposite they're basically judging the unjust um or being you know very lukewarm towards wicked or towards evil they're not walking in accordance with God's will and um there's a part in verse 5 where it says the leaders walk in darkness because they have ab abandoned God's law. And when you abandon God, you automatically walk in darkness. Now, I was watching a clip this week by Jackie Hill Perry. I think it was on like TBN or something. And she said, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said when you're in the presence of God, um, everything that is unlike him becomes obvious, right? So like, yeah, that's true. the reason why sometimes if... If you're not walking according to him, you don't want to read your Bible or you don't want to yeah. go to church because it, it just becomes very evident how mm. sinful you are. And that's because God is light and darkness cannot prevail where light is, you know. Um, and I like what she said at the end. She said, we've assumed that in order to become better people, we need to learn about ourselves uh, but what we really need is more education about the nature of God. Then by doing so, we see ourselves rightly. So the more you read your Bible, even when you're sinning, the more you read about it, the better it is for you. And, you know, I obviously I've been a Christian for as long as I've, as I've known. I might not have shown it in action, but I've always been Adventist. And I used to think that I needed to kind of like tick a checkbox for me to enter heaven like I I need to do something for me to gain entry or to even you know get salvation and now that I'm reading and studying and learning to understand the word I realize that there's literally absolutely nothing I could ever do to even you know enter heaven just off my own works and my own merit and that's the wonderful news of salvation that accepting that I'm almost um how do I, how do I, I'm almost a guest, <laughs> you know, like when mm. you, when you go somewhere and it's like VIP only or whatever. Yes. And then, or especially when you're watching movies and like people are in a line to, okay, fair enough. It's good. It's entering a club, but just, just bear <laughs> with me. They're trying to enter a club and somebody comes in and they're like, no, no entry. You can't come in. You have to stand in the queue. And then someone just comes in and says, oh yeah, they're with me. Like let them in. And then yeah. you just go in by proxy. And that's kind of how I see salvation in that there's nothing I can do that will gain me that entry. Uh, but I'm basically... I like that I analogy. Cling, you know what I mean? If I cling on to Jesus, he can say, oh, she's with me. She can get in um, through that. So going back to the text, 
the, the gods of the leaders of Israel are no longer judging or ruling in accordance with God's will, as I said. Now, every time I read the Bible, I want to kind of put myself in the scripture just so I understand what's going on. And, you know, sometimes it's easy for me to be like, oh, those leaders are not walking according to God's will, etc. But then I flipped it and I took it, especially what you were saying about our sound engineer, how he's always helping. Um, and I realized that no matter what situation you're in or what position you're in or whatever you're doing, God has given you authority in whatever you're doing. Yes. So whether you're a teacher or a nurse or a prime minister or a lollipop lady, whatever you're doing, God has given you authority when you're serving those people. And it's so important that you serve fairly and justly in that situation, in that position, because you're being an ambassador uh, you can call yourself an ambassador as a noun, but you're also being an ambassador as a verb and you get to imprint God in those people, in those situations. I mean, you know what? I want to say something because I heard it last week, okay? Whenever, okay, <laughs> I must admit, I have been someone who's, um, I'm guilty of doing the bare minimum at work. <laughs> and I've been guilty to do bare minimum in various different areas of my life. Mm-hmm. but. As now I'm in a journey to become an entrepreneur or living an entrepreneur's, li- entrepreneur's life, one thing I read was, you know what? As you were saying, God has given us authority and we are his ambassadors. We are representatives of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So remember, okay, what's your job role? Uh, HR. Okay, so you you just HR, that's your job role. Or what's your title? Oh, HR business partner. Okay. You aren't just an HR business partner. You are God's HR business partner. Um, I am not just an entrepreneur. I am God's God's entrepreneur. entrepreneur. I love that. And so therefore, the way we carry out our our daily responsibilities is Mm. different. We are not working for ourselves. I know entrepreneurs who do it just for money. I am not doing that. I am God's entrepreneur. Therefore, my job description is different. Get me. Girl, you're preaching today. <laughs> um, so anyway, looking at Wednesday entitled Pour Out Your Indignation. In- indignation is a bit of a heavy word. It really you know, is. Do you know what I mean? Like, when have I ever said that word? Do you know what that means? I don't know. It just sounds like... Uh, it just like sounds a, heavy, isn't it? Yeah, like a, like a, a judgment or a, a punishment. I actually yeah, don't, I d- know, I don't know So I googled it and it means anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. Ooh. Indignation, right? I, I need to use that word more often. I don't want any of that. I, I mean, I get annoyed at things that do seem like unfair treatment. You know, mm. like, um, excuse me, why what is she doing? Get? Yeah. It's kind of like when you're talking about VIP treatment. Yeah. I would feel <laughs> indignant. If you were in, if you were in it, the line. Exactly. Yeah. And you get to skip it. I'd be like, um, hello. <laughs> um, so I get that. Um, but when we read some of these Psalms here, so... um. I recommend everyone looks into the study um, because there's a list of Psalms that we should read. So for instance, Psalm 58, 6 to 8, uh, Psalm 69, 22 to 28. Um, but what we're, what we're reading here is ultimately, I guess I want to quote unquote, vengeance Psalms. Mm. So these are Psalms that basically call on God to punish those who have hurt the Psalmist or their people. Ooh. Okay. Um, this can be confusing. I know because it kind of seems like it's a bit of a contradiction to the idea of loving our enemies mm. as Jesus taught us in Matthew 5, 44, right? Mm-hmm. 
love your enemies. Um, I have to say, I haven't perfected that trait yet. Um, it's a lesson I'm... It's actually very difficult. It's, I don't even... Mm. It's very difficult. Even yeah. even just the sometimes the people who kind of a, a touch annoy me. I'm just like side eye, you know, eye roll. Mm. Um, so to love your enemies, I think, whew, that's a big old challenge. Um, but here's a breakdown of some of the some of the content that we're reading in these Psalms that, um, again, are quote unquote vengeance Psalms. Um, one, I'm learning that righteous anger is is actually okay. People like to say that, oh, you can't be angry. You know, it's not good to be angry. But righteous anger is different. And the psalmist, the psalmist outrage at injustice shows that they care deeply about right and wrong. Okay. Because what does it say about you if you didn't care if, you know, someone was getting beaten up, a poor and needy person? You're just a waste of space. Uh, <laughs> You're a nonsense person, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I physically get sick when I even read about it. Yeah. Like, oh. And that and that article that you shared, you know, um, kind of like the abuse for boys, mm. that, that is injustice. Mm. And and if you don't get angry by that, that righteous anger, then they're saying something about you that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like you're going to hate double. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay. Number two, God is the judge, not us. Okay, Ooh. very, very hard pill to swallow sometimes, isn't it? And even though you know the psalmist is upset, um, the psalmist learns to leave the punishment to God. Okay, he's kind of like, okay, this is this is wrong, Lord. I'm gonna leave it in your hands. Um, it's like it's like citizens asking the police to handle a crime. You know, like, okay, Lord. I've noticed this. I'm angry at this. <laughs> Do something about Do it. Do <laughs> something about it, you know? Um, and, and it's important. Let's, you know, let's think about it this way. If you saw a crime and you were absolutely outraged, the first thing you you might do is actually call the police. And and knowing myself, I don't see... If there's a fight breaking out, I can't imagine that I would jump right in there. <laughs> I, it's not that I can't imagine. I am not doing it. Yeah. I am not jumping in there. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's the same thing, right? You don't take matters into your own hands. Mm. Bring it to the 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 great auth- authority. What's the word I'm looking for? Author- authoritative figure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that you got finally it. came out. Um, okay, third. Um, there are prophetic warnings, not personal vendettas. Um the Psalms are like prophecies announcing God's future judgment on those who do evil. It's not just the psalmist kind of wishing bad things on people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not prophetic kind of, um, it's prophetic warnings, not personal vendettas. Okay. Cause some people might be like, raw, okay. He needs to chill. The psalmist is going a bit too inner, but it's just <laughs> prophetic warnings, you know? Um, and for justice with a side of mercy, God's revenge is always fair and balanced, not cruel, okay? He even asks his people to pray for those who hurt them and hope they'll change their ways. Mm. Five, God um, giving voice to the suffering, okay? Um, I love those, I guess, charities or like awareness campaigns that brings, I guess, a spotlight to some of the real important issues that we are experiencing yeah. in day to day um that goes overlooked um and these psalms are also a way for people who've been hurt to express their pain and know that god sees and cares about what they're going through mm. um it's a reminder um that one day justice will prevail and you know again just 
just to end it with kind of four things to remember. It's normal to feel angry when we're treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. Um, we should leave punishment to God and focus on forgiveness and love. Difficult, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a difficult one. Because <laughs> I'm prone to feeling petty. Um... God judges everyone fairly and will ultimately bring justice. Mm-hmm. Amen. And even when bad things happen, we can find hope and knowing God is with us. I love that. And, you know, Thursday's lesson just wraps up everything that we've been discussing today. And it's actually entitled Judgment, the Lord's Judgment and the Sanctuary. And we have spoken about the sanctuary a lot, especially in our very first episode. Yes. Where I mean, very first season when we were fighting for our lives, trying to decode revelations. Um, but what we learned especially was about, you know, when the, the Lord's judgment and the seat and the thrones and just how majestic it was. And I remember you saying um, you liken it to like kind of like a court, but like obviously a, a majestic court. Basically, maybe the seats are gold instead of wooden. I don't know. I just that's just yeah, how I yeah, see yeah. it, you know, like, oh, all rise. And it's just like, oh. God. Anyway, the point being, it's important for us to remember that um, that picture or sa- uh, salvation in the sanctuary, because that is where we're all walking to, or we're all leading to. So every action that you take, especially with the points that you raised, Ira, all the actions that you're taking now um, will lead us to there one day. Um, the sanctuary, as I'm saying, is a place where the Lord acts on behalf of His people to save them from their oppressors now once again sometimes when we read oppressors we don't see ourselves in this picture we always Mm. think that we're just we're on the good side no one ever paints themselves as the bad guy okay of course and i think it's important for us to be mindful of that that we don't end up on the wrong side we don't end up on the side of the oppressors and so when we look at the book of psalms particularly the verses that we've read today we see the psalmist expression of the certainty that believers can pray to heaven for deliverance so it's important for us not to rely on people for deliverance like nobody can save you um the ultimate person who is our savior is christ so it's important to remember that uh we mustn't be deceived by an idea that the church especially can achieve any type of social justice on earth um or that the main goal of the church is to fight political battles in an attempt to sell to solve all the injustices in the world because that's not going to happen um i think sometimes People rely so heavenly, so heavenly, <laughs> girl, so heavily on the church, and then they become disappointed. And then when they're disappointed, it, they kind of stray away from God. I know recently there's been um, a, like a, a pastor, I think, in Nigeria, who I think it was a BBC documentary. I don't know if it was like TV Joshua or something. I haven't watched it, but I remember a lot of people talking about it. And when I first saw like kind of like snips of it, I was just like, but girl, like. Ugh, it's not like we, we're all reading off of one Bible. Like the, at the moment, the Bible is free for everyone to access. Um, and I think that's what happens sometimes when you rely on someone else to give you information instead of sourcing that information yourself and, and reading it yourself and praying about it. And I think that's why even right from the beginning, we've always said, listen, we're not teachers, we're students. So everything that we tell you on this podcast, go back home or you're already home, sorry. cross-check everything that we're saying make sure that it's in alignment with god uh don't just listen to us and take this as bible it's important for you to build your own um number one your own relationship but also your own understanding according to god's will of his message 
Um, so our faith shouldn't be focused on. Sorry, our faith should be focused on the promise of divine action on our behalf, and not on an illusory strength of human power, which is a mirage at best. So, like I said, um, no man can save you. No court can save you. The best side to be on is God's side. So it's important for us to remember this. Um, and in remembering it, let's do our part, trusting in the divine warrior um, for the final outcome of justice. <laughs>